Welcome to the Positive You Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive you. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. This week, we're exploring the idea that what we resist persists, and then also looking at how we can use positivity to counter our resistance. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each mission, we set a mission for ourselves. Each episode, rather, we set a mission for ourselves. This week's mission was to identify where you may have sources of negative energy in your life. So, Brianna, how did it go for you? Um, Christy, I'm going to just tell you right now, I was on vacation, so I did not (laughs) do this mission because I was all about the positivity. Um, But I will say, uh, so (laughs) I will say a a potential source of negativity uh, for me can be when I get into, I'm going to do this homework on the fly like I do most of my stuff. My my procrastination is working in my favor today. Um, No, I will say one of the areas where I can see that is a source of negativity is when I set up unrealistic expectations. And I feel like for me, there's no better way to do that or a place, time and place than when I travel and I want everything to go beautifully and swimmingly and be no problem at all. And rarely uh, in a travel situation does that happen. And so I really want a wonderful opportunity to practice setting better expectations or more realistic expectations and effort to not fall into like a complaining negative trap, I guess, that can sometimes happen. So as I was traveling, um, I was feeling myself starting to get negative, complaining in my head, starting to complain, you know, commiserate, complain with some people around me, and just had to remind myself, like, this is what happens when you have the privilege of being able to travel somewhere, which I just had a trip, which was the first in four plus years for me. And it was great, but not everything worked out perfectly. And I had an opportunity to practice on setting those expectations and it all worked out. How did it go for you? I love that. I really dig that. Really great job doing it on the fly like that. I was like, wow, hers is kind of deep. I got to tell you, uh, the source that I realized I get a lot of negative energy from is uh, Reddit, Brianna, Reddit. Mm. Uh, I have been feeling a little anxious about money because book sales are down and I'm getting ready to spend a lot of money going to a convention that I'm rolling into a mini vacation with family that I'm excited about. But as my, and as part of my therapy, I'm actually getting all of my ducks in the row. So I'm genuinely, I have a budget, I'm tracking all my expenses, my net worth. I mean, everything is accounted for now because I've been doing a lot of work on myself, but I realize that um, the more I see exactly what's happening, the more stress I feel. And I relieve that stress sometimes by going to occupy my mind with Reddit. Mm. And the Reddit, the the more anxious I am, the more negative some of the Reddit Reddits are. Mm-hmm. And it takes my mind off of it. And sometimes I do go, wow, I feel really grateful that, you know, I don't always have to do all the emotional labor for my relationship. Although I do do a lot of the strategic thinking, like my guy really genuinely, we were talking about the, the leak during this tropical storm that I'm in, in California, whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, he does a lot of that 
like sort of the heavy lifting, literally, not figuratively, like literally he does a lot of the heavy lifting and I'm glad for it. So in some ways it makes me, in some small ways, and that's how I get into it, it makes me feel grateful. But then I linger, Brianna, Mm -hmm. and I start getting into the complaining energy. And so what I did just before this podcast, realizing, oh my God, that's what I did, was I went on my self-control app and I blocked Reddit from myself for at least 24 hours so that Mm -hmm. I will actively be dealing with my problems and dealing with the solutions as well instead of anesthetizing myself with agitation that distracts me from my fear. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think that's great. I mean, that's a great one wonderful opportunity and and wonderful chance to recognize some source a source rather of negative energy but then also talking about using reddit as a, an anesthetizer which is never easy to say um is perfectly takes us right into what we're discussing this week which is that idea that what you resist persists so when we talk about that christy what does that what else does that look like for you yeah it absolutely looks like me avoiding things that I am afraid to pay attention to because I'm worried I will not be able to deal with the reality of the circumstances and I will not I will not rise to reach the level of my own expectations, right? Mm -hmm. That I will not make good on what I dream of. And it's interesting. It's so funny that this is exactly where I am because this is a topic you picked, which is so crazy. And, uh, you know, we were looking for ways to say it. And what you resist persists on a brief Google search it is, it is attributed to Carl Jung. Feel free to write in if you know, because I know that the internet sometimes does things with quotations that aren't entirely correct, uh, and we only get the most popular one. But the concept behind what resists persists is what we're avoiding has a tendency to linger and in my life even grow. So that's why I'm really excited about uh, talking about this today. What about you? Mm-hmm. Well, same. I think that this is, I, I wish I could remember why I put this on my list of possible things to talk about, but it's been on there for a while. And I guess it's great that it's coming up now uh, because it seems like as many of our topics do, it's it's at the right time for us to be exploring and potentially practicing in the weeks to come. Uh, but you are correct. Um, I, I knew putting it on my list, I knew that it was a quote from somewhere. It's not something I knew right away. It's not something I came up with. But um, yes, I also um, looked for who the quote was from. And I found, I too found uh, from a Psychology Today article uh, that it is attributed to Carl Jung. And as you said, it is what we persist what we resist persists and grows. And so it is that idea that there are these things that we choose that we choose not to deal with or we choose not to um, fully work through. And then in so doing, they tend to hang around, right? And I, 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 I kind of love this idea, like, only in so much as knowing that it's a thing. <laughs> like, I, I always feel better when I find something that isn't 
you know, that, oh, this isn't just a me thing that other people have, have, um, have experienced this because then it means, you know, there's something out there that's going to help me work through it. So for me, just as you were saying, um, what I resist is a tendency is, is because there's usually something uncomfortable surrounding it, something that I maybe don't want to deal with. I don't feel like I have the skills or the ability to deal with, uh, because I do love a bit of procrastination. It's something that I maybe I'm pushing off and I just think, well, I'll deal with that later when I have more time. But of course, right. If I'm, if I'm resisting working through whatever it is, I have no hope of it going away. It's probably whatever the thing is that I'm resisting probably isn't going to go away by magic as much as I would love it to. Uh, And so it just ends up hanging around. And especially if it's, if it's something that I encounter consistently, I feel like that's when you get into that space of it will just grow. So, you know, that idea that if I'm not going to, if I'm not dealing with it, it's just going to snowball. And so I'm excited that we're talking about this because I feel like with some of the other things um, that we've addressed recently, this feels like a really nice natural progression, like a next step of getting to some of these, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like these character traits maybe that I'm trying to work on or or trying to improve. So I'm excited to see what comes out of this discussion. Exactly. I'm very excited as well because the hope behind figuring out what you're resisting and tackling it head on is that you drop sort of the dead weight or you cut that anchor loose or you lift the anchor up that what's holding you back from living the life that you want. And a lot of times I've wondered why I haven't gotten farther or I've wondered what's going on. And it's those places where I've avoided looking at for so long, Brianna, that I don't think it's really there. Mm. Right. I, I just say, well, yeah, there's that. I remember distinctly getting coaching from Becca Syme, who does strengths coaching. She uses the Clifton Strengths, and she specifically coaches writers. And she was talking about, you know, that big thing that you immediately disregard, like, yeah, well, there's that, but, you know, that's not it. She's like, it's it's that. Like, she just flat out said, it's that. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't deal with that, none of this is really going to help you to to a great extent. You might be able to fix some smaller things. And But that big thing that you just immediately discard, that's the one. And for me at that time, the one that I discarded was my health. It was easier for me to say I was lazy than for me to want to confront that I had some ongoing health issues out of fear of mortality, out of a fear of not having the resources, out of a fear of not being believed by doctors. You know, there was... In the beginning, when I first started not feeling well, I went to doctors and I wasn't believed and I was considerably younger then. And, you know, I didn't realize to what extent I had to advocate for myself. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing how. And also, I didn't want to take the time, Brianna. I didn't want to take the time because health stuff takes time Mm -hmm. to fix. And if it's just me being lazy, well, I can fix possibly, right? Being lazy in a moment. But me having to do my health, and it wasn't until I ignored it for so long, one, that it was absolutely obvious, and two, it was obvious that 
everything was going to take forever anyway. Then I went, <laughs> you might as well just give this a shot, right? And so that's when, you know, I got diagnosed with some executive functioning issues. I got a CPAP machine, which by the way, the ability to get oxygen to your brain can make it very hard to do things. Mm-hmm. Like those things all together. And that that healing, you know, I'm only 14 months into that. And a bunch of other things, physical therapy, I had a lot of health issues. And it's no wonder that I couldn't get where I wanted to go in life. Because, you know, this giant as, what is it, my friend Jackie Cation, meat bag, I think is what she calls it, this meat bag that carries around my brain and thoughts, right, wasn't optimally Mm -hmm. working. And so until I did some meat bag repair, I wasn't really going to get as far as I wanted. And I resisted, Brianna, I resisted because... I was afraid I wasn't enough. I was afraid I didn't have enough. I was afraid I didn't have enough time. It was just fear, 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 and a fear stemming from a core belief of lack. And I'm really excited to talk more about this because that's just a big macro level thing for me. But it actually manifests in small choices I make throughout the day all the time. And I really want to get into that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, and I love too that you talked about... um this idea of that core belief related to lack. I feel like that's something that um, I'm going to, I'm going to hang on to that and come back to it. Cause I think I need to, I need to think about it a little bit more, but I feel like that is a, a space where I can also sometimes fall into, but I don't acknowledge that that's where I'm at. So I'm going to think about that as we continue to talk a little bit, but I really appreciate you talking just about some of the uh like that idea between the 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 juxtaposition between kind of what's what's causing you to resist like that time factor and thinking oh time and and also pulling in this factor of um you know kind of considering whether or not it might be like talking to yourself as if it's laziness because lazy is a I'm is kind of one of those words for me that um, I don't know that it's a trigger word necessarily, but it is one that I've been very reluctant or resistant to um, just have applied to me, I guess. I don't know how to explain it. I don't love the word, especially when it comes to me and my actions. And so, but I, but I very much, um, relate to that. So that idea of finding out if there are things that you're not doing, are there actual, like, are there actual physical reasons for it? So you talked about your CPAP, um, some of your executive functioning, things that you found out now, and just in general related to your health. And I really appreciate that because I think there are there are those things that are actual tangible physical thing, physical um things that are happening with us that can be part of the resistance. I mean, for so long, um, I had uh, anemia and I didn't know it because I just kept thinking, well, there's, it's just because at the time I was also working nights and I was like, well, I'm just tired all the time because I'm working nights. And then I went to days and it was like, well, I'm just tired all the time because my job is hard. And, and because of this, I also wasn't doing, you know, beyond going to work, I wasn't doing a whole lot. And I was sometimes feeling bad about that. Like, why can't I work out? Why can't I do this or that? And it's because similar to you in the CPAP, I physically didn't have what I needed 
to be able to do that, to generate the energy, to be able to do anything but the bare minimum um, that I felt like, you know, were some of my responsibilities. And so I just really appreciate you right off the bat talking about, you know, part of the resistance being identifying part of what can lead to what feels like that resistance can actually be figuring out if there's something really truly going on physically, uh, whether that is, as you talked about the executive functioning, whether there are some some things there going on. Um, but I just appreciate hearing that and then thinking about those things and and giving myself permission to get some of those things figured out so that I could have some space to, oh, you know, kind of like you were talking about with the CPAP machine, this is what it's like to have energy. And so now I can actually try to do things. And then if once I've gotten those things figured out, I'm still resisting, then of course, right, then there's something more to be looking at. Yes. And I think one of the things that often gets in my way, one of the things that resists it, the somebody once said the phrase to me, and it just just rung so true. The macro is the micro, right? Mm -hmm. So if I have a deep seated fear that there isn't going to be enough, like I'm not going to have enough money, or I'm not going to have enough energy, or I am not enough, or I'm not worthy enough, or I, then it makes it harder for me to want to confront that. And then while I'm avoiding that, okay, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. And I will create a story to explain it that has nothing to do with what I'm truly resisting. Now, that sounds really vague. So let's get into the nitty gritty of that. Like, what <laughs> is that? I'll give you an example. There was a time in my life, and, and, and recently it's shown up that I'm not, that's why I'm doing better with my budgeting. There was a time in my life where, this is back in the old day when you get a paper paycheck, okay? And you had paper bills, like mm -hmm. that came in the mail, right? I think people, some people still get bills in the mail. Um, it's amazing how the few things that they still do mail are like flyers and bills, but I digress. So there's a time in my life where I just didn't make enough money, right? And um, and I didn't want to look at that because I it felt like every time I tried to save, some disaster would happen and all the money would be gone. And so I would do things like not put my paycheck into the bank because the second I put it into the bank, then I would spend it all. But mm -hmm. then I would get like... But, but that resistance behavior of like not wanting to immediately take care of that errand to try and save, but not watch it go away would manifest itself in me getting hit with a, like an insufficient fund fee or something like that. And then I wouldn't open up my bills because I didn't want to look at the money that I owed because I didn't want to think about that, which would mm -hmm. manifest itself in late fees on like bills and whatnot, because I just didn't want to confront that problem because I just... I just wanted to be able to go to the movies with my friends and not think about it all. I just wanted to escape mm -hmm. it. And what happened was it cost me a lot more money. It cost me credit. The The most expensive thing in the world, especially in the United States, is to be broke. Everything costs you more. Mm -hmm. I, I was amazed when I, I have credit cards where I get cash back for spending. Like, seriously, now I get the cash back. I could have really used this 35 bucks American Express, you know, when I was 23. You know, I, but still give me the, give me the 35 bucks. I'll, I'll take it. You know, I, I could still use 35 bucks, especially these days. My point being my avoidance, my resistance to looking at it because of my fear caused it to grow. And mm -hmm. these things happen 
in all types of minor micro, not going to bed on time, me just deciding not to look up the calories or log my food or want to step on the scale. I mean, Brianna, it shows up every little, like in little tiny bits and pieces. And then sometimes in giant, giant, giant clumps throughout my whole life. And it all comes from the fear of me not being enough, having enough, whatnot. And what do I do? I found that the positive affirmations and us doing this podcast on like it started in the macro, it it went into the micro saying I am healthy and make healthy choices somewhere that made me pick up the phone and start calling these doctors somewhere that made me just step on the treadmill and see what I can do. And then I'm starting to read that book on momentum and I'm just trying to see what I can do and just say, if it's going to take so long, you might as well start now, you know, that kind of thing. Well, if there isn't enough, better better to know now before you start making weird choices and then there's even less, you know, that kind of thing. Even if I can't muster the full-on positivity that I've got enough, at least I'm not so fearful that I'm not taking action and I found that action eases that anxiety. Because when I went out to the movies, when I really wasn't sure if I can afford it, maybe I escaped the feeling for a moment, but mostly what I replaced it for with rather was a low grade anxiety that continued to mount over and over again, that made every minute and every dollar I spent and every late fee that much harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's, yeah, that feels like... I mean, you're talking about that in in terms of finances. I feel like that feels like me and every homework assignment I've ever had to do ever, (laughs) where it is that sense of I for me, it comes down to, um, you know, in that in that respect, it comes down to that like feeling of. I mean, I guess it's a little bit of perfectionism. But it's less about being perfect and more about not wanting to do a bad job at something or to not do something like really well. I don't know that I necessarily feel like I have to do things perfectly, but I do. <laughs> really? Definitely, well, I mean, <laughs> I know I you could, I would love to. But uh, let me say I'm trying, I'm, I'm learning and growing. <laughs> um, but truly that feeling of, um, I, I just absolutely cannot handle that feeling. That's not true. I'm better at it now, but it's consistently been a problem feeling like I just don't know what I'm doing or that I don't know how to do something really well, or that feeling of like, I could put this again, I could put this out there and it could be a failure. That is so stressful um, and such a challenging feeling for me that I um, have, you know, truly become just a queen of procrastination, though it is getting so much better. Um, But that has really led to just so much resistance for me. And I think what you know, I connect to the the example that you gave is in trying to do certain things, you know, I would, I put it off. And there is, like you said, there's that momentary sort of, um, oh, like, there's a momentary lift in that feeling of anxiety of, oh my gosh, I've got this thing coming up and I've got to do it. And you know, the deadline, whatever. Uh, There's a momentary lifting of the anxiety of that, but whatever I'm engaging in as resistant behavior, I can't fully enjoy because the thing is still 
in the back of my head, you know, it's in the back of my mind looming. It's maybe a little quieter because I'm trying to do something else, Um, but it is still there. And then, you know, in the sense of it grows, then when it comes time to actually do whatever it is that I have to do, it is so much more difficult and emotionally draining because of course, right, I've let it go too long and now I'm up against what feels like an impossible deadline and so much can go wrong that could actually bring about the very thing, right? The poor job, the not doing it well, the not getting it done that I was trying to avoid. It's such a crazy game (laughs) to play with myself. And every time, and I, and, and every time I feel like, you know, I have the typical kind of response, which is like, I'm never going to do this again. And of course I'm going to do it again. Right. Because it has now become an ingrained sort of experience and, and habit, this resistance to feeling <laughs> this resistance to feeling like I might do something poorly or imperfectly or fail at it. Uh, so I just push off doing things until the very last minute when there is no other choice, because of course I'm not going to not do it. That's definitely not on the table. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how resistance tends to manifest for me, whether that's, again, the biggest example is just you know, in school and waiting till the very last minute to do assignments and that type of thing. But I mean, it, it happens as well in, uh, in different ways it shows up in my personal life too. So I, uh, I definitely, I get what you're saying. (laughs) I totally identify with what you're talking about. Well, and what I found particularly interesting is, you know, we've been working on being positive and our positive thinking for many, many years now. And even this podcast, you know, this is like episode 131 and, you know, every other week. So it's, you know, it's going on a couple years or so that we've been talking about this regularly. And what I find amazing is until we started definitively talking about it, I didn't realize how many parts in my life I have a lot of resistance. And what's interesting about that is until I think about it, right, is resistance is easy to ignore. Right. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest ways you resist something is by pretending it doesn't exist. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm afraid to look at these particular problems. I'm not going to open those bills or I'm not going to admit to myself that I am afraid. Right. So I can just avoid that situation. Like avoidance is a really like top level, what, you know, Lee would call our old teacher would call resistance behavior. Like if I am, if I am denying my health, I resist doing things that require a healthy body, right? So I spend a lot of time on my computer. I don't, you know, go out a lot so that I'm not confronted on a regular basis with my poor health, or I'm not opening those bills. Or if I'm feeling lonely, but I, my deep fear is that I won't be accepted or I won't be, or I'll always be judged or I'll be rejected or any of those things, then I don't go out to meet people. And I avoid that altogether. 
And so I tell myself that I'm not resisting anything because I'm not confronted because I'm not looking in that direction. But what happens is every once in a while, I will feel that pang of loneliness. I will try to figure out why I'm unhappy. And it's really interesting because with all the positive thinking you and I have both done, and I, I do believe I've come a long way, what I find amazing is one of the things that is hard for me to acknowledge is behind that resistance is a deep-seated pessimism and my mm. ability to feel that there is enough, I will be enough, that I'm worthy enough, that all of those things. And what's been great about doing those affirmations and doing the momentum is that I feel like some problems seem on the surface, and maybe they really are when you dig into them, so big, Brianna, that I'm just never going to get it done. It's never going to work out for me. So why bother? Mm. And that is a really, really negative and deeply pessimistic way that is like really in there, Brianna. You know, even though with all the other things, with all the other positive thoughts and affirmations and momentum and the day to day things, that I do, right? That inherent resistance, that that belief, that that pessimism that I have, that I may not be enough, really weighs me down and can get in the way of me going as far as I would like to go. And so I like the idea of really looking at what I'm afraid of, what I'm avoiding, what I don't do and all that jazz, right? Mm -hmm. So that I can start doing a little bit of something. And what usually keeps me, what holds me back there, where's the problem with that, is I'm afraid I don't have enough time. I'm afraid I can't meet that challenge. I'm afraid that I don't know exactly how to solve that problem. So what do I do? And that is where faith comes in. And faith is just an inherent confidence that even though I can't see all the way to the end of something, that if I take a little initiative and I walk in the direction of it, that somehow things are going to work out. And for me, that is a big test because Brianna, despite the fact that I know intellectually that there are no guarantees in life, I want a guarantee for my effort because mm. it's a lot of work. But mm -hmm. <laughs> It's a lot of work and I don't like working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, my goodness, the, I, <laughs> um, you know, attributing that sense of lack and, you know, kind of that, um, those, those stories or, or the way that you talk to yourself in that, in that sense, attributing that to kind of being negative, I feel like is, it's a very much an epiphany for me. Like I, like, I feel like I needed to hear that. So thank you very much because that's not necessarily, that is not even necessarily, that is not something that I connected that this, I, this resistance and having it be related to not wanting, you know, concerns for myself, concerns about not doing a good job or letting someone down or not, not, or, or failing or not being perfect at something and attributing that to like essentially be a negative outlook or perspective of me. That is not something that I had considered. And I feel like hearing that I 
actually have a little bit of energy behind it because it's like, oh, well, I know how to deal with like negativity. I've got the affirmations. I've got, you know, so I'm kind of excited actually about the next time this kind this comes up to be able to apply some of the positivity techniques and things I've got kind of in my tool belt to this because you know as you're talking about yes I think faith is such a great one um you know as you were talking about that I also was thinking about that that I uh tend to being reminding myself that I can use evidence of past performance to help me through these times of resistance and so one example is, you know, I took just recently had the great opportunity to take this uh, vacation, which was a hiking vacation, and we walked every single day. Um, and I am working on my fitness, but I'm not anywhere. I'm not, not that I'm not anywhere near, but I had a lot of work to do before I took this trip. And typical me. I procrastinated until I felt like I had like at the very last, almost like the last minute I could to actually make some sort of difference uh, to be able to get through this, you know, this hiking that we were going to do. And I did it. I finally started uh, prepping for this uh, prepping, you know, just for this trip. And I was able to make all of the hikes except for one, but I made a deliberate choice not to climb a mountain. So <laughs> a small mountain, but still, um, I wasn't quite ready for that. Uh, but but I appreciate you just sharing this and connecting the dots between, you know, this sense of, you know, the between what's causing us to resist and that being attributed to essentially like a negative perspective on our ourselves because again it just helps me it really helps me see that when these thoughts come up when I start to resist I can remind myself one I can use my affirmations what a wonderful opportunity to practice fill in the blank um but then I can also look to past evidence and pa other things that I've done to say no wait I do actually I have been able to you know do uh, I have been able to successfully do homework or I have been able to successfully do this presentation or you know I have in the past been very active and fit and I can certainly make make uh, I can certainly participate in you know this type of experience where I'm walking or hiking you know several miles a day all of that coming back to if I can remind myself that essentially the resistance is negativity getting the best of me and remind myself that that's not who, that's not the life I want to live and that I actually have the tools and the abilities to counteract the resistance or counter the resistance to do whatever it is that I need to do. Yes, exactly. It's really amazing to me that I never tied those feelings of worrying about being judged, worrying about all of those like things. There's like these ideas. We we once had a 
class where we called Scripting Kid that was based on the work of Barbara Mull, which is based on the work of Joel Goldstein, Joel Goldstein which later uh, Lee Scantlin used to teach in Hermosa Beach. And the idea is there's these certain scripts that we have that are like our deepest fears about ourselves, right? That in the past, it's been really painful. It feels almost like death when somebody hits on these ideas. And for me, my scripts, and the biggest one is I'm not enough, right? But but mine were, I'll always be judged. I'll be misunderstood. And so when anything would happen in the world, I mean, there's way more than that. Those are just two. But when something like that would happen that would touch on that script, I would have a disproportionate emotional reaction to like an offhanded compliment. I mean, not compliment, comment rather that somebody would say, like, if I'm always worried about being judged and like, I remember once distinctly, I was working at B. Dalton books. That's how long it was. And money was missing out of the safe. And in the other B. Dalton that I'd worked at, because I worked at two, one of the cash registers was short. And it wasn't me. But my first worry was that I'd be falsely accused or judged because I was at two stores where money was missing. And I accidentally said, I was like, oh, my God, that just happened at the other store that I was at. I hope nobody thinks it's me. And I said it out loud. Mm -hmm. And then the manager said, oh, money's missing at two of the stores you're working at? And the way she said it just hit me so hard. And I just got so quiet. And like, I was like shaking, like, like fighting, shaking. And I went into the, when my break came, I went into the food court bathroom and cried. Like, that's how upset I was. Like, oh my God, they really do think I'm stealing. And she later said, without apologizing, um, that the only reason why I doubted you was because you doubted yourself. Uh, and I remember thinking that hurt even more, right? Mm-hmm. But the truth is my fear that I would be judged made me give them the evidence to judge me, even though mm-hmm. I know for, I've, I've never stolen. Like I don't take money out of registers. Even if I wanted to steal money at registers, I'm too smart to do it that stupidly. Do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, <laughs> like none of that is about me, right? So my point being, but it, but it's so negative to assume that people that have known me for years would think I'm a thief, right? I'm assuming right. bad thoughts about myself. And it's so strange for me to realize that despite the fact that I've done a lot of positive thinking, me avoiding looking into why something bothers me leaves that opening for negativity to come in. And when I recognize, oh, you know, one of my affirmations is um, I am understood, I'm understood and I belong or something. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do them all in order. So now I only know to say I'm all in order, not like one at a, one at a time. But um, I'm understood and accepted. I belong. Those are like my affirmations. And when I say that and I go somewhere, I feel better because I've kind of prepared with that. And so when I'm looking at why I'm not looking at my money this particular time. Why am I looking at, like, I can combat it in a very positive way, in a realistic way. And it's not just a matter of, just because I'm understood and accepted, it means I understand and accept me. I belong because I belong wherever I am. It doesn't mean that every single place, everybody always understands me. What it means 
is that I am understood on a deep, deep level. And so it doesn't hurt as much if it should happen from time to time. But because I'm not worried about it happening all the time, I'm not creating weird situations by acting oddly to create it happening. So it doesn't hurt as much. And so that's one of the things that I think is really cool about looking where you have resistance, where you're afraid. Because if you just kind of cut to the core belief of it and reassure yourself, you can act differently and get different results and also know that you can handle what comes up when it comes up. Mm, I love that. And I definitely appreciate the, you know, just the reminder about... Uh, the or, or the reminder of the role that our thoughts play in our resistance and that getting stuck in a thought pattern or just having thoughts that are maybe not accurate or um, not even maybe just thoughts that are not accurate or um, or um, sort of creating those stories especially when they're stories about other people and how they're interacting with us, that is just important, I think, really helpful and, and important to remember for me because, um, right, that idea that thoughts aren't facts. And so before I react to something or before I start down some sort of path of, you know, like elaborate storytelling about something that's going on, just remembering to stop and take a pause and really look, uh, really assess, okay, what is happening here? So if, if like the example that you gave related to um, the, the, the thought, um, the comment that your supervisor made, you know, being able to stop and take that pause to say, is this, is this really what's happening or am I putting some special sauce on this? And I feel like I have also experienced, you talked um, in, in your example, you talked too about that idea of being judged. And I think there is this assumption that I have when I go to do something, whether it's personal or professional, if I'm really worried about like a, like failing at it or doing a poor job of it, not only am I worried about oh my gosh, I could just the failure itself. But then I also put on that what people will think about me or say about me or how they will um, treat me if I in fact do fail at something. And that starts very small. That thought process starts relatively small and just can grow so quickly, this sort of false uh, perception of what could happen. And then sometimes I do. And so I, I appreciate you talking about that because it has been a really good um, opportunity for me to practice uh, sort of stopping those types of thoughts in their tracks and trying to either just totally debunk them or reframe them to say, well, if, you know, if this person does say something or does think this about me, is that if I do fail, first of all, I will survive. I always tell myself I will survive that. Um, and if people have thoughts and feelings about that, I can't control any of that. And I will be okay, regardless of what those thoughts and feelings are. And it's that 
it's just sometimes reframing to remind myself that even if like, cause sometimes I do have to go to the, what the worst of the, what if to be able to get through it. So it is talking to myself to say, even if the worst happens, this thing that you're trying to avoid, even if that happens, um, I will, it will be bad. And I, it will feel, you know, it will feel embarrassing and I won't like it and I'll want to hide for a week. I will think of all of those things and then come out, you know, the end of that to say, and I will be okay. I will learn. I, I, I think I've really, um, it's not one of my affirmations, but maybe it should be um, something related to learning. Just like if I make a mistake, I will learn from it and I won't do it again. Or just I will learn from it and I will, you know, work to do do it better next time. And all of those things um, or, or em- employing those things. I don't always use them all at once, um, but employing those things can be really helpful, have been helpful for me to just do whatever it is that I have been resisting. Um, and I feel like what I, you know, as we're talking about it, what I want to work on now is being able to do that sooner. So being able to have that conversation with myself, being able to look at past evidence to say, yeah, but you really haven't, you know, if you're, if I'm trying to do something, say work related, just to be able to say, if I'm worried, I'm going to mess it up or something just to say, but the evidence is I haven't messed it up before. So likely I'm not going to mess it up now. Um, So what I, I guess moving as we move through this or or continue to explore this, what I'm hoping for then is to work on getting to the reframing and the more positive outlook sooner. So uh, maybe I could, if I've got stuff to do or if I've got stuff that I'm resisting, I don't have to spend quite so much time in the emotional sort of turmoil of related to that resistance. Absolutely. Yes. Because I find the more time goes by, well, we did a thing on momentum. You're likely to do what you just did, right? Mm -hmm. So if I am avoiding something, I'm more likely to continue to avoid it, right? And and I always equate it to the Tupperware that I used to have when I was in my 20s, right? You, You get this Tupperware or these, you know, little plastic containers or whatnot and you throw leftovers in them and then you're like oh how long has this been in here I'll deal with it later right and then before you know it the longer it stays in there the the grosser it gets right and then you're up to two things do I open up this biohazard or I just decide that we need new Tupperware right and then at a certain point in your life you realize oh I only get so many containers I can't just keep throwing these away Mm -hmm. and so you start to realize my new rule of thumb by the way just for refrigerator but I'm now using it also emotionally so the metaphor holds if in this moment I already feel weird about it like leftovers or a feeling that feeling is not necessarily going to lessen over time Brianna right that if I feel weird like this milk I don't know if it's good. Putting it in the fridge tomorrow, I'm going to feel even weirder about it, mm-hmm. right? So the more I like short change that, like I cut the the time off of that, the less I have to deal with later. And so in a lot of ways, like thinking through that, my 
not wanting to do a lot of hard work, I've got to remember. That's why I sometimes set boundaries with people faster now, because I used to be a people pleaser that wanted to do all the things for all of the people. But there is a certain group of people that just feel really comfortable asking me for a lot of things. And then when I couldn't do the last thing, they acted like I never did anything. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, if this was ultimately where we were going to end up, then I could have not done any of this stuff. So why not feel uncomfortable for 10 minutes and not help you move or do your taxes, right? Like I could just, let's just, let's just move this along. And so I love that cutting it short in that positive idea that doing this one uncomfortable thing saves me a lot more discomfort later. Mm -hmm. And one of the other really cool things um, that I wanted to bring up is we did an episode based on positive expectation. And, and I'd read the book, The Expectation Effect by David Robson. And basically what he says is, and it was hard for me to go, wait, they talked about basketball players and basketball players believe when they're going to shoot a basket that they're going to make the basket. Now, intellectually speaking, right, they know that they can't make all of the baskets, but at the time that they make the shot, they believe it's going to go in. And when it doesn't go in, they don't say, oh, well, that means I should never believe that it's going to go in. They just disregard, okay, well, that time it didn't go in, but this one is going to. And they they talked about like a basketball player where the coach was like, um, you know, maybe we should give it to so-and-so. And he's like, no, no, coach, give it to me. I'm due. Like, mm. like you know what I mean? Like, I, I have to make this shot. It's impossible that I wouldn't because I, I make shots. And I love that concept. And there is science to support that. So it's a great book. So what I'm saying is, if you're avoiding something, and you're worried that, um, for instance, I don't know enough to know whether or not I'm going to do this thing, right? A good friend of mine was looking into launching a business, long story longer. She is in her third quarter, like I am, right? So there's only about 10, maybe 15 years in her working life le left, right? So She's not sure if this career path is something she should do. And so she's been resisting taking action on it because what if it, there's no point? To which I said, if you only have 10 to 15 years left in your working life, you need to hurry up and try this now to decide whether or not you're going to like it. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you're stuck. So why mm -hmm. not go for it? And that puts a, a positive spin on give it a go, even if you don't know what's going to happen next, because that way, you know what happens. Mm -hmm. And then you can make your choices. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a really, you know, I feel like that's a really good example of, you know, turning it around into that, into that more positive perspective. And I think it touches too on, um, like, making for myself, just making sure that I'm checking in so that I maintain that self-awareness or, or bring some self-awareness to the situation when I'm starting to resist things so that I can have the space to be like, okay, well, what is, what is it that's happening? What am I worried about? Um, and I, I feel like I also had to, at some point, again, coming back to this idea of, you know, a lot of my resistance is related to a fear of failure. Um, but uh, get okay with things like come to understand that naturally, there are just going to be things that don't work out. Sort of, I mean, similar to the basketball example that you gave. I'm not going to make 100% of the shots that I shoot, right? 
And I, I feel like from a self-awareness, from an awareness standpoint, I had to learn that first. And now I can check in to, to say, okay, well, what is happening with me right now? That is, you know, what, what am I resisting or why am I resisting rather? And, and having enough awareness to know kind of what the signs are of that. Am I, you know, am I, (laughs) one of mine is, am I watching too much TV? Because that has a tendency to be my go-to when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm a little worried about something, I very much use that as a resistance avoidance kind of pacifier situation. Um, Am I starting to complain more, especially about this thing uh, that I may be resisting doing? Um, And then am I also having poor prioritization? So one of the things that I I tend to do too is I'm not always the, um, when there is something that I need to be doing, I will find everything else to do first like suddenly all these things just become a higher priority when in fact they maybe aren't really and so being able to pull some self-awareness into how am i what am i thinking how am i feeling about it and then what am i doing and and why is or has been helpful for me in identifying like oh i'm really resisting because I'm afraid of something, I'm worried about something. Sometimes it's because I don't want to do it. Um, but most of the time, when, if we're talking about that resistance for the things that we really would like to be doing or know that we need to be doing, um, yeah, those are some of the things that I try to look for. And now that we've you know, begun this new exploration, um, I'm excited to have more awareness uh, to it and explore it even further. Absolutely. I think it's easy to discount and almost pretend like it doesn't exist, the things that we've, that we're resisting. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to look for where you, where you're resisting things in your life, ask yourself, where am I not taking action and what am I avoiding doing? on a regular basis. And especially in the really, really micro, what's really interesting is sometimes it's because I'm afraid. Sometimes it literally is a logistical thing. I remember not writing for a long time. And then it's just like, okay, let me just open up the file. Like, let me just do one little thing in that direction. And then I realized, oh, that's right. My voice software is not working right. And so somewhere in the back of my brain, I hadn't like it made it all seem that much bigger or my computer is too slow. And so every time I do that, it adds a level of resistance. So sometimes there's small logistical components that are holding you back. And so by looking in your life and seeing, where am I avoiding things? Why am I not taking action? Sometimes you don't have the time. Sometimes you think where you're supposed to start. It's like, oh no, but first you need to get your passport. That's why you haven't done this. But on your to-do list, it's like, book a ticket to whatever. It's like, yeah, you don't have any of the paperwork that you need to do this. So actually what needs to be on your to-do list is something different like fill out that form, get that whatever you need a garlic press. You know, you don't have the right (laughs) knife for this to make this recipe. So, you know, when you're 
when you're looking to see where you're resisting so that you can use some of the tools of positivity to get yourself going, look at where you're not taking action and what you're avoiding, and then try to take a little small action there so you can test out, hey, is it just the timing? Is it just a lack of resources? Am I starting, am I trying to start on the wrong step? And that can genuinely help you. Um, So that brings me to the mission. But before I get into this week's mission, Brianna, was there anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, I be, I feel like that was a really good, uh, uh, that was really good wrap up. Um, I just, I'm excited to see where, where this takes me. Me too. I'm actually very excited about this mission and it's an easy one this week's well, it, well, it depends. It could be anything. This week's mission is to reflect on what you're resisting in your life and why we'd love to hear from you. And now it's easier than ever to connect with us. Go to positiveviewpodcast.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast.com. And then just click on the message icon to leave us a voicemail. Yes. And new episodes come out every other Monday. Please take a moment to follow and rate the podcast because it does help more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G., And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.